0: Hey, it's Accelerate Daily. I'm Adam.
1: And I'm Ramsey. Let's
0: Accelerate. Welcome back for uh, uh, another quick look at the last 24 hours in AI acceleration. All right, I'm ready. I, it's like, I want to call it a news show. but It's a news show. It's more just like, hey, look at these links.
1: <laughs> uh, Adam, that's what all news shows would aspire to be. Fair enough. All
0: right, this one's yours. Uh, Yeah, the headline says, Prepare for the AI revolution. Uh, This link is to an opinion piece, um, I believe in the Boston Globe, written by Ro Khanna, who is the congressional representative for Silicon Valley, but has always kind of not taken it easy on him. But, uh, you know, it's talking about, it's, it's taking a realistic look at a lot of the stuff we talk about. Worth checking out for you inside of this from somebody who's on the regulatory side on the we-need-to-make-laws-about-this-stuff side. 25 million digital jobs. It says leaders must harness AI and other advances to democratize access to tech opportunities and prepare people for the 25 million digital jobs expected in America by 2025. This is
1: two years. Uh, I think if, if we're talking about Eric Bernolfson's paper today, too, um, then we're going to have a, some, some spicy discourse between these two concepts. Uh, we might not be. Okay. But, but we'll get it on the list for later now that you've teased it organically. Okay, great. Uh, all right, then today today is this. Oh, I'm not going to I'm not going to be here tomorrow. You're going to have a stand-in. Um uh. a co-host stand-in co-host. sounds like. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, we'll, Guess letter. Letter. All right let's so anything else you want to say about this one?
0: Uh no, just worth checking out. Um it's you know, it's a good piece, well written. Yep. Um and covers a lot of I think relevant stuff. If nothing, right. it's good ammunition to send to other people when you need an appeal to authority. There we go. Oh, this one. Leakage. Leakage. Um, this is kind of just like, I've realized some of these slides are already starting to stabilize around just sort of segments of a show. Yeah. Samsung so bans staff. Yeah, the headline is Samsung bans staff, staff's AI use after spotting G- chat GPT data leak. We've talked about this a bit some, but it comes up anytime I give a workshop on this. Uh, there are versions of chat GPT that are safer than others. The openest version, your stuff is going into the training data. So uh, companies are getting concerned about the idea of trade secrets or whatever else ending up in the data set or on an open website because people at your team are trying to get the assistance of this powerful tool working on whatever your problem is.
1: Yeah, let's, let's say that one very, very specifically for a use case. You're someone who's using ChatGPT to send better emails at work. You copy and paste something out of a Google doc or a Word doc you've been working on into ChatGPT. And without thinking about it, really, that thing you pasted into ChatGPT actually contained personally identifiable information, trade secrets, proprietary information, or intellectual property. You weren't trying to do anything wrong. You were just trying to write a better email. And you hit enter, and ChatGPT gives you a pretty good email. And you copy it back into your email client and you go about your day and you don't think about it. That constitutes a not only a data breach, but when you say things to ChatGPT, it remembers them and they become available to other people who might be doing the same thing or asking questions. And now what you've written in might be an answer for someone else. It contained information probably shouldn't have contained that that's the, 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 core of this problem it's an
0: interesting paradigm shift from the mental model we're used to with the web where browsing the web is like you get tracked around and stuff but it's not the same as submitting to that website a bunch of content and then it gives you an answer back that has value so you want to use it but it involved exposure of that data on the other side
1: yeah
0: it's a brave new world Okay, what's next? Never good enough. Uh, this is a link to a Paul Graham uh, tweet thread. It's only three tweets. We could honestly read the whole thing right now if we wanted to. But the highlighted one, because I feel like I want to read it in the order I discovered it, says, when something has a history of never having been good enough, your natural inclination is to treat this as evidence that you can ignore it. But it might be better to treat it as evidence that you shouldn't. Yeah. The rest of the thread is about like... Emerging technology continues to tread on a subset of problems that we're trying to solve. And so there's always a voice, if only in your own head, saying, yeah, but everyone has been promising that this would be solved for the last 80 years. So why, why should I believe that it would be solved this time?
1: Yeah. yeah, I've already heard the song and dance. I remember in the 60s when Marvin Minsky said vision would be solved in a summer by some undergrads. Like, okay, dad, that is technically true. Here's a place
0: to jump into this one. Who's Paul Graham? For anyone who doesn't know, Ramsey.
1: Paul Graham is the founder of Y Combinator, the world's ostensibly most high-profile and successful uh, startup incubator in Silicon Valley.
0: And also blogger. Like, if you're an internet person...
1: Oh, dude, that's like calling George W. Bush a painter. That's like calling George (laughs) W. Bush a painter, and you know it. Stop it.
0: (laughs) I'm just saying. He writes posts that, you know... um, I have many times shared, do things that don't scale. He thinks deeply about all this stuff, in addition to being a startup and internet person. What else we got? Blessed Dynamics RoboDog just got a chat GPT brain. May it have mercy upon our souls.
1: We're in such a weird part. Hold on. We're in such a weird freaking part of the Overton window that this isn't Fast Company. Right. That's the headline. Uh, Like if this was a spicy vice headline, I'd be like, okay, you cool kids in Venice beach. All right. All right. The (laughs) virus is spreading. No, this is,
0: this is, this is, this is another one. That's maybe a stabilized slide in here that I could give its own subheading. That just says like, you know, from the Skynet department. Ooh. Yeah. But also again, anybody that doesn't see this coming is not paying attention because partially what we're talking about with ChatGPT in its minimum viable form that we have it now like never mind all the what it grows into stuff that we talk about all the time like if it's nothing but a better communication layer for humans to talk to computers then like of course it's going to show up in all of the places i want to talk yeah. to my robots and have it work also yeah that would be the easiest way for me to say can you go up the stairs and get that thing yeah go up the stairway and save that person that's the fastest way for you to communicate that information
1: yeah like to a robot. Typing that takes a lot. Joysticks Damn. suck. Language is a <laughs> <for> universal <laughs> interface. Yeah. No, this is true. Uh, the the, the main mercy on of our soul is, is, is this a monkey's paw?
0: Until we can plug into our ocular, into our, our retina as the, op, as, the, as the fiber optic
1: cable. Uh, no, you're still in the Elon Musk input <laughs> output problem. You're not input constrained, you're output constrained.
0: Okay. Moving on from that one. Dude, this one, again, it seems like maybe a theme emerging with a set of slides here. Almost every day, there's something happening in the generative media creation space. Um, Because these tools exist, they're out there now, and people are using them for stuff. I already talked to to people who listen to this show that say, hey, you know what you should do? A thumbnail every day with MidJourney. You're right. I don't have time for that right now, but I could. Um, And so... On one hand, we talked about the, some, some GOP pack putting out an anti Biden ad as soon as he announced his presidency.
1: And uh, now we have fake other. Amnesty International images.
0: Right. Of sort of like scary looking authoritarian troops carrying a, a you know, a so what is this, a so this one's distress
1: from, through the streets. <laughs> so this one's from The Guardian. This is, is Amnesty International criticized for using AI generated images. Group has removed AI images used to promote their reports on social media, including fake photos of Columbia's 2021 protests. And if you didn't, if you didn't know what to look for in, in generative media, this looks like a real, a real photo of a woman being dragged away by very, very heavily armed cops. Absolutely. This, this would be, and this I think is a fundamental problem, synthetic reality, and, and in a very post-Marshall mcluhan kind of way about media literacy, this is basically real. In in the world in the world of hyper reality and and like you know does it really matter if anything's really true or not anymore? This is real. This is a real image, and it is just good enough that most people would probably look at this and say, yeah that that is that's a photograph. That's a photograph of a woman being a protester being carried away by cops. Of course that happened. And it's the fact that it's on Guardian
0: at this point. Like even though they've taken it down, and this is part of the this is the this is the weeds, but I think that's why people hang around here. Like, Guardian's now rerunning this image. This image yeah. has, has has crossed a hump in terms of meme potential in the marketplace of ideas, even though it's not real. And so the people that are just going through feeds and not knowing what's happening are still going to see this, align it to a thing, and that might not be that it's false because the outrageous headlines always get... And photos get more traction than the retractions. Yeah. Like we just see that in the data, right? So there's a problem where even if this stuff, even if we can police these images by saying that's a false image, pull it down, there's still going to be this front-leading wake of misinformation and images that are causing people to have a visceral response.
1: In in the same way of super stimuli and the idea that brains have certain types of Things they can experience that are so stimulating and overwhelming that they just kind of veer our behavior towards them. Imagery is like this to an extent where the fact that this exists now means that this is real, not like the tool is real, but that this event happened because brains are nightmarishly bad at saying, I know that thing isn't real, but once it's been exposed to you, it's real. And in a world where we've started weaponizing that for political ends it would be not unreasonable to expect that the majority of imagery that people saw just on price point alone very rapidly goes this direction because this probably cost fractions of a penny to make it just has to show up in the guardian and now it's cashed somewhere and now we're talking about it and now it's like this woman really got dragged away by the cops because synthetic reality creates itself as it goes
0: but you're right you know
1: things get weird.
0: <laughs> okay. This one's from the World Economic Forum. The headline says, "AI is helping to identify skills gaps in future jobs." An expert explains how. This is on the side of, you know, what Altman and and other people working on the problem want to talk about that is real. It's like the health stuff, right? This can be huge for finding correlations and places to make predictions that we are notoriously poor at as much as we try to train hr recruiters and stuff like that like being able to identify that like ai can help us solve the ai problem because you can say mm-hmm. to the ai where are the gaps where human intuition where you think human intuition is important here and it gives you answers and we can go oh you're right and they can tell you what jobs it's lateral to so that you can say Hey, it may not be intuitive to you, but I bet a plumber would be really good at this thing or this working with this type of co-pilot because that's where humans are needed in that cycle, right? And it may have nothing to do with pipes. Super, super interesting. I really do. It, it really is. It's an interesting base or phenomenon or whatever you want to call it, because part of this is also we can't pretend the tools don't exist or like we're going to be able to shutter them. So we also have to talk about how to use them the right way for the right things. And remember that, yeah, it's going to create disruption in, you know, the 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 places like education, if we suddenly have a, a, a tutor bot that can teach anyone anything, but it's probably better for the world in the end, I think.
1: So because you've thrown this one in here, this was the Eric Bernolfsson I was hoping you would throw. Okay. One of the Things that's in this report. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna play a game. You're gonna pick a number between one and ten. According to this research, by 2027, how many out of ten knowledge workers are going to be seeking retraining? This is a wonderful euphemism. Between one and ten, and ten and ten, by 2027, how many knowledge workers are going to be seeking retraining? 2027, not today, and not 2040. Twenty twenty seven. How many knowledge workers within your five year plan? Yeah, within within my five year plan. <laughs> um, how how many knowledge workers out of uh, between one and ten and ten and ten? What do you think the number is according to these reports? Is that rhetorical, or do you want me to answer? I want you to answer. Uh, six and ten. Six. It's six. Six and ten knowledge workers seeking retraining.
0: I drew that out because the exercise of thinking about it on your own is a little important. But like uh, six and ten.
1: Six, six out of 10 knowledge workers in 2027 will be seeking retraining because the nature of their work has changed so dramatically towards intelligent automation. They will be trying to figure out what they do instead. But the upside is the AIs can help with it. Ostensibly. AIs. Is there
0: a better way to talk about that that doesn't make it sound like some sort of cult of idolatry of superintelligence, of technological superintelligence I wouldn't worry about that. It, it's more
1: like when I hear people say the AIs, it's more like a mark of like, do you know what you're talking about? Um, but I, I think it's kind of <laughs> rapidly dis- disappearing as they're becoming generally intelligent. Synthetic agents? But no, like a year ago when people said like, yeah, the AI. And I'm like, what do you, do you mean like the, the XG Boost model that's making a credit prediction? Like, you know what you're talking about in this space? And now I think then, now that they have theory of mind, I think we can say the AI. <laughs> that's like when
0: people would ask you if you had the internet.
1: Yeah, like, do you are you, are you playing the Pokemon? I am like, why are you have that in there? access,
0: but I do not, definitely don't have the entire internet. Are you? Yeah, you know, it's, are you on the online? Are you on the online? Right? The online. Anyway, that's it for today. Thanks everybody for joining us. Thanks um, for joining us if on you want the to online. To the podcast version, there's a, there's a link in the description, and you can find links to all of the stories we talked about today in the description, wherever you are listening to us. Uh, this has been. Accelerate Daily. I'm Adam.
1: And I'm Ramsey. Thanks for joining us.